But as I watch our society pull away from Christianity, I believe it's important that we truly do know this message. Again, because it would break my heart if anybody in our church did not really know what Christmas was really all about. I remember Cindy McIntosh tells a story of after her husband, her and Mike McIntosh got saved, and she wrote a letter home to the Methodist church that she was raised in and kind of told them, like, hey, I went to your church all my life and you guys never preached the gospel. And she was upset about that. That here she is sat in this church and she didn't even know the gospel. So it would break my heart that you guys would be here attending here and not really know what Christmas is all about. But again, if we think about this time, this year, it is an atmosphere of one of happiness, hope, and joy. You know, people for the most part are very busy, but they really do try to be kind and courtesy this time of year. You know, for the most part, people will give a little bit extra than they do, um, you know, during the regular parts of the year. And before I was a Christian, I did the same thing. I really enjoyed this time of year, so I would do that. And again, this is also a time when people seem more generous. You know, as we go to the stores, you'll see the people outside, you know, trying to collect money. Um, we had, here at our church, we had Operation Shoebox, which we tried to help kids uh, during this time of year. And uh, you have coats for kids, toys for tots. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Salvation Army, which is always at the store with their bells and their little buckets. And again, for me as a child, again, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I loved seeing the Salvation Army out there. It was just a, a time of the year I really loved about it. And I even thought as a, 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 a child, I'm like, I'd like to do that someday. You know, because it just was something about that time of year. And again, most of the songs that we sing this time really focus on the theme of love, joy, and peace, and happiness. They do. But again, as we were sitting here listening to the message that Mary was saying, I have to be honest, I don't know these songs as well as I ought to. And it convicts me. As I study the Bible more and I read more and I look at these songs, these are good theological songs, you know? And we don't know them. And that is a bad thing on our part. You know, I've been really listening to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but Charles Wesley nailed the gospel. He nailed it in that song. It's powerful. It's theological. You got it all right there. And even these songs. And again, I like some of the new songs. I'm really not into Christian music so much, but they're nothing compared to this, unfortunately. You know, there's some nice songs, they have some nice melodies and stuff, but they're not theological like these songs. But yet we don't know them. And it is sad. And I hopefully it'll be put in our heart to really learn these songs. I want my son to learn them now that I start to listen to them. Because again, all the songs we know about, oh, Christmas tree and all this other stuff, you know, or deck the halls, and they're not bad in and of themselves, but they're not really theological, not really focusing on the point of Christmas. And again, even this time of, uh, time of the world that we live in, we have now live in the advent of TV. And everybody now, had every TV show that I grew up on had their what? Their TV show. You know, the Christmas TV special. You know, Billy Graham actually had his back in the 50s. Him and his uh, crusade had a little Christmas show. And I grew up, for me personally, I grew up on the Andy Williams Christmas special, if maybe you guys can remember that. You know what I mean? And I loved it. I really liked it. And I can remember very distinctly really liking the Christmas episodes I would watch on TV shows. I remember the Honeymooners, right? Anybody remember that one? Happy Days, the Wall-Ins, you know? And of course, Charlie Brown. And I really did like those TV shows. Because those TV shows really focused on goodness. If any time of year they really said, you know what, we're going to try and really show the goodness of man, that we can live with each other and do these things. So, again, I did like that. And again, all these things that I mentioned, they're not wrong in and of themselves. 
They're not wrong. It's no big deal if you watch the Happy Days Christmas special or the Honeymooners Christmas. I watched it online, the Honeymooners Christmas special, you know? And I found out something very interesting, too, which you don't know, is that Alice was actually the daughter of missionaries. You know? I didn't know it either, and it broke my heart to see. I don't know if she followed the Lord the rest of her life, but it doesn't seem to be an indication. You know, but I was like, wow, Lord, here are they, these missionary daughters, and they don't seem to, they don't, they didn't seem in any way to follow you. But they're not bad in themselves. But we need to understand that all that these shows and these songs and these TV specials, all they sing about and talk about is love, joy, peace, and happiness. But they're all a result of what Christmas is all about. They're all a result of what Christmas is all about. And again, if we look at our text before us that we read here this evening, we'll see that the, announce, the angels announcing such things as good tidings of great joy, and they mention peace and goodwill towards men. And I believe most of these things we all want in our life. Amen? I want them. All of us want joy and peace in our homes, do we not? I want it desperately. We want goodwill towards men and goodwill towards men. We want that in our lives. We want to live with neighbors who are like that. See, I desire peace and goodwill towards men so desperately, I can say that it does consume my life. I want that to be in our society. I want that, what the angels proclaiming here. We need to remember that in the beginning, God created everything to be good and pleasurable and fellowship with one another. That's how the original creation was intended to be. It was all to be good. The garden was pleasurable. It was good. They would have fellowship with one another, with God. Everything was supposed to be nice and perfect, essentially. So God's heart is that things will be good for us. Amen? Amen. But before things can be truly achieved, we must understand what the Christmas message is really all about. We must understand it. Because everything that God originally created for us was lost at the fall. It was all lost. Now look at verse 11. It says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. See, right off the bat in verse 11, we find out exactly what the Christmas is really all about. Because we're told in the city of David, a Savior is born. The angels are announcing that God is sending a Savior into the world. That's what he's doing. And in Matthew's story, he told Joseph, you're to name the child Jesus because he will save him, save us from our sins. So that's why the baby came. So Christmas is really all about, follow me? Jesus coming into this world to save us from our sins. Amen? That's what it's about. Jesus coming into this world to save us from our sins. See, mankind needs to be saved from our sins. That's why Jesus came. In other words, ushers, in other words, God believes that the biggest problem for man is sin. That's our problem. It is. And John 3.16 essentially says the same thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's gift to us was His Son, and whoever receives that gift will not perish and have everlasting life. That's what it's about. That's what this season is all about. Again, a couple weeks ago, we went to go see the Christmas show at Sight and Sound. I know uh, Lori and Sal did as well. And at one point in, this, in uh, the, the production, 
They had a song. They kept saying, we need a Savior. That was the name of the song. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. And that's what this season is about. We need a Savior. That's what it's about here. And why do we need a Savior? Because we've sinned. We have separated ourselves from God. See, we need a Savior because God is holy. And He cannot have fellowship with things that are unholy. He cannot. So we needed a Savior. That's why Jesus came. For us to be saved. Secondly, we need to be saved from our sin. It's because left to our own, we mess everything up. Do we not? We mess everything up. At this time of year, we're going to gather with family and friends. Tonight, probably. You're probably looking to hurry up and go home. But hopefully, I want you, you know, guys want you to understand. I thank you for coming out. But to really understand what it's all about. We need to know. We need to know. And the great majority of our family and friends have lives that we're going to get together with that are messed up because of sin. There. Unfortunately, divorce is very common in America. And many of us in church have had to deal with the issue of divorce. And now one of the byproducts of divorce is that the families are now split during the holidays instead of being together. That's what they are. See, that's precisely what sin does. It separates. It divides. That's what it does. It separates people from God and people from one another. That's what sin has done. Another aspect of sin is that it misses the mark. It misses the mark. See, because of sin, things never become what they should really become because sin causes things to miss the mark. Again, the reason there's so much unhappiness and pain of family and society is because sin has caused us to miss the mark. It never became what it was supposed to be. Marriages don't become what they were supposed to do because of why? Sin. Children don't have parents in their house because of what? Sin. People have missed the mark. They've separated. But see, God created us to dwell in peace and unity where love would be everywhere. That's what He created it to be. Right? Isn't that what the church supposed to be? Jesus says, By this the world will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. That's how God created it. But because of sin, we've missed a mark. So that's the problem. That's what God was dealing with, dealing with when He brought Jesus into the world. And that's the world we live in. It's just wrecked with sin, as it was during Jesus' time as well. See, what is also said during this, this year, time of year is that the suicide rate increases dramatically. I don't know if you're aware of that. And why do people check out during this time of year? Because the situation they're raised in has missed the mark. They don't have people in their lives who love them, who care about them, or sin maybe has just destroyed their lives, and they get lonely, and they hear all these songs singing about peace, love, and happiness, and they don't have it, so they check out. See, the problem in our world is a result of sin. It started in the garden, and it continues today. Sin brings with it pain and sorrow, tears and separation, and death. That's what sin has done to our world. See, I'm not sure about anyone else here, but I hate sin and what it does to our world. I hate it. And God hates it. I hate it. See, I could spend the rest of my life just talking about sin and its consequences. Right? 
Couldn't you? I'm sure most of us have spent many of our days, much of our time, just speaking about sin and its consequences. Just watch the news. Every day you see sin and its consequences. And hopefully we hate that. But that's what the world's in right now. And that's the way the world was when Jesus came. See, for me personally, I never got to spend Christmas with my father. And if I did, I was too little to remember. Because he left. He split. So there was separation there in my life. My Christmases missed a mark. There was separation. It never was what it was supposed to be. So sin actually ruined my Christmases for many years. And now, by God's grace, is being restored. See, the problem with it going on now is that the world doesn't want to seem to promote the true meaning of Christmas. The world doesn't want to promote the true meaning of Christmas. And what's even more sad is that there are many sects of Christianity. Christianity, They're not promoting the true Christian message as well. They're not doing it. And the main reason they probably don't do it is because they think, they see sin in a negative way. See, they think that sin is actually going to take away the joy of Christmas. But sin is actually the reason why there is joy at Christmas. We have joy at Christmas because our sin problem is being dealt with through the birth of Jesus. That's why we have joy. A Savior is born. That's what we rejoice in. A Savior has born. You shall call his name Jesus for you'll save his people from their sins. That's why we have joy. Amen. <laughs> See, I can say that for myself, when I finally heard the true meaning of Christmas, it totally changed my life. In other words, I got saved. It saved me. It's just what it's intended to do. Intended to do. See, to me, it, wasn't the it was the best news in the world that Jesus was born in order to save me from my sins. That was the best news ever that Jesus came into this world to save me from my sins. And it changed my life. See, up to that point, sin had wrecked my life, was wrecking my life, and would eventually wreck my life. Sin was doing a total on my life. So once I realized that Jesus came to save me from this mess of sin, I received that gift instantly. Because my sins were paid for. He took care of it. So I rejoice in Christmas now because Jesus came into this world to save us from our sins. And again, even as I shared earlier, before I was a Christian, I heard the Christian, I never heard the never understood the Christmas message, but I would listen to the song Hark to Herald Angels Sing. And again, I didn't know anything about that song, and quite frankly, I didn't hear it often. But every now and then I would hear that song on the radio or TV or whatever, and a phrase would always catch my, my ear. I would hear this phrase, God and sin is reconciled. I would hear that phrase, I'd be like, what does that mean? What is that all about? Because I had never heard the Christmas message yet. I didn't know that Jesus came to save us from our sins. I didn't know it. So I would hear that song, I'd be like, what is up with that? God and sin is reconciled? I don't understand. But now I understand. And Charles Wesley nailed it with, to a T, the Christian message. He nailed it of why Jesus came. I love it. So this true Christian, this Christmas message is a powerful message. The true Christmas message is a powerful message. 
that Jesus came into the world to save us from our sins. That's what Christmas is all about. Everything is about that. And why is this message so powerful? Because first of all, death is being dealt with. Death is being dealt with through Jesus. See, if Jesus never came to earth, death would have never been dealt with, and we have simply died in our sins. But the birth of Jesus now gives us hope that our sins are taken care of. Amen? For example, we are praying for a newborn baby that was very ill. Ileana. Maybe you saw the prayer request that came out. And unfortunately, this baby died just a couple, years, a couple days ago. She was 25 days old. She just died a week ago, a week before Christmas about. And without Jesus, what kind of hope would these parents have? Where would their hope be? See, they're going to spend a great deal of time mourning, but the Christmas message comforts them because they know that death has been dealt with through Jesus. So now they have great hope. They have hope that the moment their baby died, she returned to her Creator. The moment her baby died, she returned to her Creator. And the parents have the great hope that someday in the near future, they will be in the presence of God and with their baby girl. That's a Christmas message. That death has been dealt with. That's the true Christmas message. And that's a hopeful message for us. And again, when we look at this story here, we see the reaction of the people that heard the proper message. Again, these are the people that are hearing the proper message. Run to us, run to us in the city of David. A Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. And how did they receive this message? We can look at the text. Look at Mary. Mary heard this song. She, Mary heard that she was going to be, give birth to a Savior, and she sang a song to the Lord in the chapter before that. And she said, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So the true Christmas message just blew Mary away that a Savior was going to be born. It touched her to her very soul and she was rejoicing and praising God that a Savior is going to be born. So she rejoiced in the true Christmas message. Look at verse 10 in our text. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, there be you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. The angels is telling the Christmas story to the shepherds, declared the message of good tidings of great joy to all people. So the fact that a message is being proclaimed about a Savior is what? Good tidings of great joy to all people. That a Savior, Christ the Lord, is being born. See, this message brought great joy to those who realized they needed to be saved. They knew it. They knew it. They knew that they sinned. They needed a Savior. And the message that the angel declared is a good time, is a great joy. And again, I've heard numerous testimonies of people that have gotten saved and told the story of great joy that they had for being saved. Amen? And then we can look in at verse, uh, verse 14. Or no, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So after this angel tells the story, the true Christmas story, that a Savior is to be born, we see immediately after that message, a multitude of the heavenly hosts start praising God and giving glory to God in the highest 
because of this true Christmas message. Amen? In other words, the whole realm of heaven lit up with praise to God because of the true Christmas message. And that's what we're here rejoicing for, folks. We're here to rejoice and praise God because of the true great message of Christmas. We're to give God glory in the highest because of this great message that a Savior is to be born. That's what it is all about, folks. It's all about that. About a Savior coming into the world to save us. But if we put the whole Christmas story together, there was one person who wasn't too happy about the Christmas message. Anybody know who it was? Herod. <laughs> Herod wasn't happy about it. He wasn't happy about it. Herod looked to try to destroy the message. He didn't want the message to go forth that a Savior was to be born. And Herod represents the world and the corrupt church. They don't want to hear the proper message. They don't want to hear the message that a Savior has been born. Why? Because then they have to realize they're sinners. And they don't want to hear that message. But it's the message they need to hear. It's the message that I needed to hear. That you needed to hear. The proper message. See, Herod knew that if he received the true Christmas message, that Jesus is king and he is not. Amen? He didn't like that message. And we have to think about that now. Put that in its context. The people who heard the true Christmas message rejoiced. The heavenly hosts rejoiced. Mary rejoiced. The shepherd rejoiced. Everybody rejoiced at the true Christmas message that the Savior had been born. Except for one person that we know of anyway. Herod. <laughs> and he tried to kill Jesus. So that will speak to us really of how important and how powerful the true Christmas message is is that we can go home knowing that a Savior has been born to save us from our sins and again in the birth of Jesus we actually see how great God's love is for us and I'll wrap up with this point in the birth of Jesus we actually see how great God's love is for us see God could have looked at our sin problem and just left us to our own devices that's what he could have done right See, God up to this point has seen thousands of years of sin and he could have said, they're never going to get it or change, so I'm just going to leave them alone. He could have said that. Again, imagine watching thousands of years of sin, but God didn't do that. Praise God, he didn't just leave us to go to our own devices. Again, there's not anyone but God who would be patient and long-suffering with us as he was. If we were God... We would have wiped the human race out long ago, right? Right? You know it. You know it. Again, think about it for a minute. We probably would have been patient with Adam and Eve. Like, nah, you know, they messed up. Hey, they're the first ones around. You know, they, you know, they, we'll give them a break. Then Cain comes. He murdered his brother. It's like, all right, you know, I'll put up with it a little bit longer, you know. But by the time of Noah, the flood, we've been very close to calling it quits. It's like the whole world is sinning. Ugh. That's it, man. But then we save eight people. Okay, well, I'll fall Noah grace. I'll give them grace. And then after the flood, we got the Tower of Babel. We got Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you have the children of Israel, the promised land, and they refuse to go in. You'd have been like, that's it. That's it. Wipe these people out. That's what we'd have done. But God didn't do that. Because God loves us. And Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. 
So Jesus being born shows us how much God loves us. Instead of wiping us out or leaving us torn devices, he sent the Savior to save us from our sins. Again, so to answer Charlie Brown's question, Christmas is about God sending a Savior into the world to save us from our sins. That's what it's about. A simple message, but it's the right message. And again, so tonight we can go home and celebrate, because we all want to go home and celebrate. We're probably all thinking about eating and talking and doing, and there's nothing wrong with those. But we celebrate in the fact that God sent the Savior into the world to save us from our sins. That's the, amen, that's the true Christmas message. That's it, folks. That's it. It's that simple, but we need to know that message. We need to know it. We need to embrace it, accept it, because it is being pushed away. It's being pushed away. That's why we don't hear it in the songs today. That's why they're not writing songs like that anymore. It's being pushed away. So we need to know that. So we can go home and just totally rejoice in that fact and think about that fact that we have been saved from our sins because of Jesus coming into this world. Amen? Amen. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we just thank you for this quick word of edification, Lord God, and encouragement, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much, Lord, that you sent your Son to this world for us, Lord. Father, that you looked at us, Lord, at our problem with sin, Lord, and you did not leave us, Lord. You did not just kick us into the curb, Lord, but you sent your Son into this world. You brought your Son into this world to save us from our sins, Lord. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, Lord. And again, I know everybody here tonight, but I just want to give a final plea. If anybody here who has not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. 